Today in the Chokesland Wrestling Report, we're going to cover uh, some of Dominion as what happened this morning, uh, the big news coming out of that. We're going to cover the AEW Dynamite and my thoughts. Uh, we're not going to go through Master Match, but I'm going to give you my uh, opinion or that um, show. Also, we're going to cover a little bit of WWE and the stupidity that's going on there. We're going to have that and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Welcome to another episode of the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous Ultimate One. And of course, guys, we have a lot of stuff to cover today. Uh, especially what happened this evening, or actually this morning, with Dominion uh, happening and whatnot. Um, so we're going to cover that. We're not going to go through all the matches because I have not seen... The Dominion pay-per-view, again, that was like 3 in the morning. Um, but I'm going to give you results um, and my thoughts on that. Now, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, well, what are you trying to be a spoiler? Well, guess what? I'm. This is a podcast that I do, and I have to cover everything. And, I mean, so I don't stay up to 3 in the morning to watch no damn pay-per-view because I got a life and I need my sleep. But um, with that being said, of course, um, um Supposedly, we have a new IWGP champion, world champion at that. So, here is the results of Dominion. First of all, uh, Dominion opened with the United Empire, TJP, Francesco Akira, Aaron Hanari, ended up defeating Hiroshi Tenzan, Master Wado, and Takushi. So, there he goes. That was the opening start. I mean, you see these guys, United Empire, they're getting bigger. And bigger as they show up this week at the AEW um, at the AEW Dynamite this week. Pretty much the United Empire showing up at AEW. We're gonna cover that uh, with the Aussie Open and whatnot. So that was cool. Um, so you know that that whole scenario with this now with the Forbidden Door just two weeks away and whatnot. It's gonna be very very interesting on what's gonna go on here. Bullet Club Ace Austin who joined the team. Last week on in the Best of Super Juniors Finals, Ace Austin and Fantasma and Tajiri Ishimori. I mean, that is a three a great combination. I mean, you can imagine that. Fantasma, Tajiri Ishimori, and Ace Austin. They defeated Lo Ingobernables in Japan, Naido, Bushi, and Hiromu Takahashi, who won the Best of Super Juniors. Uh, the Ingobernables in Japan, they... Their momentum has been stopped. They've been very slow ever since Naito got hurt. Uh, 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 what was it? Uh, the, uh, oh, my God. What was his name? Who became the world champion to, uh, and whatnot. And um, Shingo Takaji. Oh, my God. My brain is fried. Takaji. He won the world title last year because of Osprey being hurt. Um, and ever since um, he won the belt. The Gabonabolos de Japón has been very silent. They're not as strong as it was. Sonata, Sonata has been hurt and whatnot. So uh, their momentum has slowed. Bullet Club has, that momentum has, again, one of the one of the best factions right now in New Japan right now. A lot of people will be like, oh, this is not the same Bullet Club from back in the day. But with Jay White doing moves, being the catalyst of New Japan and professional wrestling, he's making moves. I mean, you could see... He came out of nowhere, and he ended up bringing in Ace Austin as part of the Bullet Club, you know. Um, and sometimes you have to, uh, you know, put everything together and think about what they're doing now. I mean, you got Ace Austin as part of Bullet Club. So that's that's something for you guys to watch out out there. But right now, Bullet Club is right now very strong as far as... You know, as a faction. The there was a match between Toriano versus Dagalos. Yano beat Dagalos um to win to uh, I don't know why he beat 
But I, I would not put Yano beating that guy. Was, I mean, there's a height difference there. But this is New Japan. Uh, the new openweight six-man tag team champions, the House of Torture, Evil Show, and Yohiro Takahashi, defeated Suzuki Gun, uh, Kanemaru, a Desperado, and Zack Sabre Jr. Um, Zack Sabre Jr., speaking about that, he did answer, uh, pretty much calling out Brian Danielson. Danielson had mentioned that one of the wrestlers he wanted to fight at Forbidden Door or wrestle was Zack Sabre Jr. And I mentioned this last week when I said... If these guys go all out, it's going to be a classic because we're talking about two guys, especially in Zack Sabre Jr. He's a master of submission modes and, and locks and all that. That, that. that will be a match that I, I put my money. Take my money. I will watch that movie or that match, actually, anytime. The IWGP Tag Team Championship on the line. Bad Luck Valet, Chase Owen versus the United Empire's Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn. Uh, well, Ray O'Connor and Jeff Cobb have the IWGP Tag Team Champions. They are Tag Team Champions again for the second time. So this is going to be very interesting because now you're going to have the Ring of Honor uh, Tag Team Champions. Okay, FTR may be facing the IWGP Champions, Jeff Cobb and Great O'Connor at Forbidden Door. I mean, um, that is something that's going to be, listen again, another match. I'll take my money. Take my money. That's all I got to say. Uh, Rocky Romero, I don't know what he was trying to do, but he failed to attack United Empire after the match. He got beat up. Uh, they did the participants for the G1's uh, Climax 32 tournament. I can't tell you what it is because I have not watched the, the show. But here's an interesting match. The Edwin AEW World Title Eliminator. Uh, Hiroshi Tadahashi versus Hiroki Goto. Now... Was I surprised that Tadahashi was going to beat Goto? No. Because, let me put it this way. That mock John Moxley at Tadahashi um, match is going to happen. For the simple fact, first of all, Mox won. Mox won the match against uh, Kyle O'Reilly. So, he's in it. So, Tadahashi and, um, and Moxley are going to go at it. Because Moxley has been calling out Tadahashi since last year. For the Ben Long, since the Forbidden Door was open for New Japan. He, uh, when Tadahashi beat Lance Archer for the United States title, the IWGP United States title, uh, back in August of last year in Los Angeles, who was in the, in the crowd? Moxley. So, with that being said, this is something that, um, has been in the plans for a while. So, that's going to be interesting to see when these two guys wrestle each other at Forbidden Door. Uh, I still see Moxley winning it, uh, winning that match, and then, or... We could have the fact of Tadahashi beating Moxley, and then we're going to have Tadahashi versus CM Punk for that belt when Punk comes back. Supposedly, Punk already had a successful surgery back on Wednesday, so he's supposed to be coming back soon. So, uh, Tadahashi pretty much is wants to wrestle Punk at Wrestle Kingdom. So, that could be interesting. The King of Pro Wrestling 22 Provisional Trophy 10-Minute Unlimited Pinfall Scramble, which pretty much... Uh, I had to see that match because I think you got to had to pin the guy 11 times. So Shingo Takaji defeated Taishi for 11 to 10. I got to see this match because it's just crazy. These matches. Here's a match that I say they kind of shit it on this guy. This guy's been loyal to New Japan Pro Wrestling for a while. It's my man Tamatanga. Tamatanga uh, was the never open weight champion. He, he defeated uh, Evil at uh, Dontaku. And uh, Carl Anderson attacked Tamatanga. So, they had the match today. And we have a new champion. Carl Anderson defeated Tamatanga to win the title. And, again, very interesting situation. Uh, because um, now you took the word belt from him. Now, uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to put Gorillas of Destiny now as part of this uh, the tag team scene? Or Tamatanga is going single? What is the what's the deal? So I, I don't know what's going on with that. The IWGP United States Championship, it was supposed to be a three-way. It was supposed to be Juice Robinson, Will Ospreay, and Sonata. A three-way for the United States IWGP Championship. But apparently, uh, Mr. Uh, Juice Robinson had appendicitis. He had to... You know, he, he couldn't come and wrestle to, today. So, he ended up 
forfeiting the belt. So now it looks like, um, um, you know, that he wasn't going to be able to make it. So tonight they had the only match between Sonata and Osprey. And Osprey is now your new IWGP United States champion. We're definitely probably going to see the Juice Robinson and Will Osprey in the future. And it may be in the G1 uh, Climax Tournament or whatever they got planned for July. And most likely it's the G1 uh, the G1. I keep saying Juvenile Supercar. It's the G1 Climax 32, I believe this year it is. So, who knows? There might be a, a, a match probably at the finals. The IWGP World Heavyweight Championship was on the line as Kosciuszko Okada defended his belt. But JY defeated Kosciuszko Okada this morning to become the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion for the second time. Now, what does this mean for New Japan and for pro wrestling overall? Let me tell you something. Jay White has been making noise since last year. By him showing up at all, uh, New Japan, doing the, uh, the, 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 the UJ U, White, whatever it is, the USA J White to, uh, challenge. He has had matches with Jay Lethal, with uh, a host of other wrestlers. Uh, and he is making noise. The fact that he showed up at AEW, took out Trent Beretta, and now they're, they're trying to do this bullet club with the, the elite all over again. Um, and it's going to be interesting because right now, Jay White is the one making noise. I mean, last year was Kenny Omega. Omega has been hurt. Omega hasn't been seen since November. Don't know when he'll be back. But this is good for wrestling and it's good for Bullet Club because now Bullet Club, you know, they, they have, you know, they have the, um, right now they have the cruiserweight belt, I believe, and they have the... Six-man uh, belt. Now they got the world championship. If you got the world championship from the promotion, you are in charge of everything. So with Jay White winning the title, uh, I, honestly, I was talking to somebody yesterday when I was at that project code name Exodus. Where I talked about that I was tired of Okada being the world champion. Okada has been the world champion. He does not really bring anything to the table as far as excitement anymore because you know, after a while, you get you get to see the guy, same guy, winning the title, winning the title, winning the title. It gets boring, but with Jay White now as the world champion, many many of you may not agree with me, but I think Jay White is going to do wonders, wonders, I say, for the uh, promotion. So with that same being said, now you're going to have the G1 Climax coming up in July, I believe, and it's going to be very interesting because I, I haven't been able to see who are the participants, but sometime next week I'm going to do a review on Dominion. I'm going to give you my thoughts on the G1 Climax, who are involved in that, what matches I want to see. And, you know, it's just interesting. Right now, wrestling is so hot right now. Uh, and this is one of the reasons I personally feel that a lot of these wrestling fans who are still in the bubble of the WWE and they want AEW to die and all the other promotions to die because WWE is the thing and all this stuff. It, it just becomes stupidity at its best. So right now, you could enjoy, uh, you know, I could, you know, you could enjoy, if you're a real pro wrestling fan, you could enjoy the uh, the fruits of the business right now because there's a lot of things going. Even though uh, there's a lot of stuff that I see, and I was talking to uh, Absolute Chris Cage about this, the the state of the business and some of the things that's not around anymore. Um, even my boy Jay Santi, when we talk about it, there's a lot of things that me and him agree on. There's a lot of things that is not in the business no more. So it's just very sad and I, I hope that you know that could be that could be uh, very helpful down the line uh we'll be right back after the pro wrestling ball 35 short stories including harley race ricky morton tracy smothers and tim storm along with 300 photos from, from the, the independent scene Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleGo.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille. It's where wrestling lives. Hi, this is James Rodens from the WNR Podcast, and you are listening to the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. And we're back, guys. So let's let's cover AEW Dynamite uh, show from this week. 
because I have a lot to say a lot to say about this because there was a lot of things that I mean it was a head scratcher if you want to put it that way. Um, honestly, I felt that um, you know there was something wrong with the way they started the show. First of all, they did they started off the show with the battle royal, okay. Exino Battle Royal. So they had uh Tony, they had I'm gonna run down the people. The first five they came up with Darby Allen, Tony Nese, Lance Archer, Daniel Garcia, Eddie Kingston. I had no problem with that. Then they had Ricky Starks, Jake Hager, Ray Phoenix, Swerve Strickland, and Keith Lee. That situation between Keith Lee and Swerve, very interesting. John Silver, Tak Takashika, whatever his name is, Gun Club, and Max Caster came out right after that. Then you had Powerhouse Hobbs. Red Dragon, O'Reilly and Fish, Dante Martin and Wheeler Yuta. And then the Joker was a joke to me, actually, because I thought it was somebody going to be somebody new. They brought in Andrades. Now, I don't have a problem with Andrades because I love Andrades. But I just felt like there was one person missing in this whole, um, in this whole uh, battle royal. Why was not Hangman Page involved in this battle royal? He is the former AEW Dynamite or AEW World Champion, and he was not in this uh, Battle Royal, which makes no sense to me. Uh, a lot of these guys that were in it, you knew for a fact Tony Nines was not going to win. You knew that. Who else was in there? Uh, John Silver, why is he in there? Takahichika, why was he in there? Uh, the Gun Club and Max Caster, really? No. Okay, you knew they were not going to be in it. Dante Martin and Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta, maybe Dante Martin could surprise you. That, I didn't have a problem. So, I mean, there was no Warlow. MJF was not to be seen anywhere. Okay? And, um, you know, it, it, it was crazy. Because in my, my head, it's like, okay, where are all these guys at? So, the elimination started. First guy with eliminated was Tony Nese. Then Lance Archer, out of nowhere, he got eliminated. Then you had Max Caster eliminated. Uh, who else here? Uh, the Gun Club, both of them got eliminated. And Keith Lee got eliminated by Soros Strickland, which was very surprising because Soros Strickland has been teaming with Keith Lee for a while. And they even went after the AEW Tag Team Championship and double nothing. And on and all of a sudden, Soros Strickland goes and turns on Keith Lee, which we know is going to be the. The, the situation, Keith Lee may beat him, but Swerve may do some, you know, some, some stuff that, that might pen Keith Lee here and there. So, and Keith Lee has not been that dominating in his, in his uh, time he's been with AEW. I mean, I mean, I don't want them to push him like they've been pushing. They were pushing him at NXT like that. But if he could get in that ring and show what he is made, I mean, he has some wonderful matches with Donovan Dijevic. In NXT, but here he's just been in the tag team, uh, been feuding with the ta ta uh, the task group, and, and you have to think about okay, so you got this guy who's almost a 300 pounder, does stuff that you you know you you shake your head, you know, um, and, and you have to like say to yourself, okay, you know th this this guy's no joke, you know, and. He hasn't been as dominant as I thought he would be when he came to uh, AEW. I mean, we'll see. Now he's probably going to end up feuding with Sir Strickland. So that's going to be interesting. Um, and at the end, like I said, um, the Joker was Andrade's. I mean, I was like, okay, they could have put Roosh on that one. But I'm probably Roosh is not, uh, you know, clear. But the last guys that went in there was Ray Phoenix, Powerhouse Hobbs, uh, I believe... Darby Allen was there for a while. Sir Strickland was there for a while. But the winner of all this was Kyle O'Reilly. They gave him the opportunity to wrestle John Moxley. And again, this was for the interim number for the interim AEW championship since CM Punk broke his foot and whatnot. So now the AEW title, the winner of that becomes the interim AEW world champion. And John Mosley is considered the number one contender. Now, a lot of people say, well, how the hell he's the number one contender? I mean, I even question that myself. But let's be realistic. Who's better than John Mosley right now in, 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 in AEW? You know what I'm saying? That you, he's a believable number one contender. 
I mean, they didn't even have MJF there. I'm, I don't know what's the story with MJF, but I'm, I'm going to read you later on an article that my boy, the sexy side John, Eric Jaden, who uh, has been uh, writing articles every week called Wrestle Talk, not to be confused with Wrestle Talk, the website. And he wrote a very interesting article about MJF, which I will read later. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't too happy about this. This damn um, battle royal. It didn't make no sense to me. And I don't know. They Next thing you know, they had John Moxley promo. And they introduced a new championship. The All-Atlantic title. And I feel like, okay, this is good. Because now you have another title. Third title. And, and it looks like a title. Not like those TBS and TNT titles that look like, you know... They don't even belong there. But, I mean, they're way better than WWE with that big stupid W on them. But the thing is that uh, these are guys, they're international. I mean, in front of the belt, it has uh, it has the flags of, let me go back here quick. It has the flag of, uh, I think, not New Japan. No, it has the flags of Japan, Canada, United States, Great Britain, Mexico, and China. Now, me being a clown, I said... You got Japan and China in, as part of the flags for this belt. But last time I checked, Japan and China are in the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, I know, I know. Just being a little troll. But anyway, the belt looks beautiful. I can't, I can't front. It looks exactly like what a world title or a regular title should look like in wrestling today. Not these uh, Penny Nike titles with uh, horrible designs and big W's on it and whatnot. So, uh, so you know, they introduced that. Which it was uh, something to, um, you know, to uh, be excited about. Because right now they, they had a match between Pac versus um, Buddy Matthews. Which was a great, awesome match between these two individuals. With Pac hitting the black arrow on Matthews for the win. So he advances for the, for the next round. They're going to have Miro versus Ethan Page. Which is going to be great. And I think they have Penta versus... Malachi Black on the other run, and then they're going to have two uh, Japanese uh, wrestlers go at it on that side. So that's going to be interesting. I still say Miro is going to end up winning that belt. Miro or Malachi Black, one of those, are going to end up winning that All-Atlantic title, which, I mean, it's very interesting, and I like it because it's not something that, uh, you know, you see every time in wrestling. But like I said, it's a good time to be wrestling. I think AEW did a great job on that part. So... Then they had Trent Beretta do a promo. And pretty much this was to promote United Empire. As FTR comes out with on um, Trent talking about, you know, we, we yeah, you know, uh, Great O'Conn and Jeff Cobb interrupted their match a couple of weeks ago where Rapongi Vice wrestled FTR for the Ring of Water World titles. And out of nowhere, Will Ospreay comes out. But then, uh, and then as he stands in the ramp, uh, you see uh, Aaron Hanari and... The Australia Open or the Aussie Opens go in the ring and attack FTR and Trent Beretta. So that was very cool. A lot of people were have no clue who these guys were, and I got that tells you right there that some of these wrestling fans have they're stuck in a bubble and they just don't know everything about wrestling. But yet they want to criticize guy like me who you know do his homework and does what he does best, and that is uh, do research. And I'm, I'm one that I would not only watch one particular uh, wrestling company. I follow everybody. You know, I probably won't follow NWA because I don't care about NWA at all. And definitely MLW has slowed down a lot. I have not watched them in a while. Uh, I don't know what Corbao is doing lately, but every time he pulls those Mexican wrestlers, it gets tiring to watch them uh, jump from the top rope, throwing this up to the ring. I, you know, after a while, you get tired of that. So it's crazy. And the uh, the main event was Kyle uh, uh, Kyle O'Reilly versus uh, no I'm sorry I'm sorry no it wasn't like they had Kyle O'Reilly in the back with really Regal in a promo then they had Hangman Page versus David Finley and one lot and then they had um, Adam Cole as commentating Hangman Page wins this match it was a good match. And then he called out Kasusuko Okada for Forbidden Door. Um, so that is going to be very interesting. 
I mean, this is not the first time Okada and Hammond Page has wrestled. They wrestled in tag team in Japan before when he was in Bullet Club. So this is not the first time. But now, they, uh, probably Tony Khan wants to put it as a uh, you know an upgraded version of Adam Page versus Okada. Now, you know, like I just told you earlier, Okada just lost the IWGP world title this morning to Jay White. So I don't know where they're going to go with that. But it'll be cool. Jurassic Express has now been put in a three-way tag team. And why not? I think it was the Jump Bucks, the Hardys, and Christian K just put them in a in a in a ladder match for next week for the AEW tag team title. I am still waiting for Christian to turn on them. You know, so we'll see. We saw a Warlow promo and whatnot. Uh so now he's gonna go after uh the TV, uh, this is a TNT title, which they had just tarnished bad and whatnot. And I think Scorpio Sky got an injury, so he looks like he may lose the belt soon. They're just hot pertaining that belt, and I don't, I don't know what they're doing, but uh, that's why I think they're bringing in that 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 uh, that or elite title in. Um, Mox versus O'Reilly. Oh no, bullcrap! AEW Women's Title: Thunder Rosa versus. Uh, Shafir, I don't know why Shafir is getting a title shot when she just lost to uh, Jay Carhill not long ago. So this this is what the problem is that. I guess they're just putting Thunder Rosa out there because she was complaining she wasn't getting enough TV time. And after the match, Shafir started attacking Thunder Rosa as Thunder Rosa beat her. And Tony Storm came in to help her and she grabbed the belt. And it looks like it's going to be Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa for the AEW Women's Championship. And that should be happening very soon. Uh... Again, uh, John Moxley versus Kyle O'Reilly. This was an awesome match. They give it all. Mox wins this one, so that pretty much sets up the the uh, match between him and Tadahashi. Tadahashi beat Goto today uh, at Dominion. So they those two. It's the match that been. I mean, it's been going on. I guess not the match, but the the call out that Moxley has been putting out there against. Tadahashi, he wants Tadahashi since the Forbidden Door opens. So there he goes. It's set off a Forbidden Door. And this is going to be a very, very interesting uh, match between these two. And um, I'm really looking forward to it. So this is going to be it's going to be fun. So we'll be right back with more AEW news and WWE news. We'll be right back. Hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Jada Red Sante, host of Turnbuckle Tabloid. And you're listening to... The Choke Slam Wrestling Report. And we're back, guys. So let's cover a little bit more of AEW. Uh, they had Rampage this week. They had the uh, Jake Hager versus Eddie Kingston. Um, notable moments in observation was Kingston taking out stiff chops to the chest and responded by pulling down the straps to his singlet so he could take more damage. It's a very specific kind of energy. Kingston rules when he does that. I like when he does that. Then you have Hager. Who is in better shape now than he ever was during the long run with WWE? He has really put in the work to remake his body into a violence making machine. It was a little surprising that we didn't see a single ally show up for the either guys, even just to make an appearance on the stage. It actually helped the master not have any of that, but it was still unexpected. Eddie Kingston wins this match uh, without having. Uh, you know, get a clean win in this move without any outside interference or major shenanigans. Uh, what's the right call? Uh, so they're, they're talking about now. Saddam Singh and Jay Lethal make their tag team debut and they win against. Let's see who, um, who they run against. It's not even saying, okay, they're not saying much here who they went against. But supposedly, I guess, it says Singh made his ring, ring debut this week in a tag team match with Lethal against two jobbers. Of course, they're going to have two jobs. It was quick and only served to establish thing as a guy who can only easily beat up people who are half his size. Lito barely did anything. So this may as well have been a handicap match. Soldier Dub, okay, is always going to be serving as a manager, allowing him to remain involved in the storyline. And he was kind of funny when the team was celebrating its win. 
Of course, it was nothing special. It was just typical squash match. And I don't know why they're doing this. I mean, I really don't care. The Chris Stanlander versus Red Velvet. This feud still continue as Red Velvet tried to get an unfair advantage by attacking Stanlander during her entrance. But the former alien saw it coming and power slammed her right on the floor. From that point forward, Velvet was at serious disadvantage. Stanlander's strength allowed her to keep the upper hand. Even after she missed a crossbody and had to recover quickly, Velvet was able to get some offense after she attacked Stanlander's knee. But... It only kept her defense for so long. Even with a bad leg, the 26-year-old wrestler was able to control the pace against her spoiled opponent. This match is a good competitive feel to it. Stanley scored the win, but Jade Carhill and the baddies had the last laugh after the attack. Her and Jade ran down to make the save, but she also was on number and ended up being taken out. Athena tried to even out, but several officials held her back as the crowd trying to let her go. Everything about this work well. To further this feud, it wasn't a groundbreaking anyway, but it was good segment to push the story forward without really changing anything about it. Now, my thoughts on this is number four, number one, the Stanlander is Red Velvet match. I mean, it is good because you push the Stanlander. I guess Stanlander is going to be the next one, maybe the next one after uh, Athena goes after Jay Carhill. But this whole thing, I mean, Anna Jay, I mean, they had nothing with this girl. Anna J, when she was part of Dark Order, she was uh, this badass, whatever. They put her with Ty Conti. Conti has moved on to be with um, with Sammy Guevara. And Anna J has been left out and to be out there by herself. The Dark Order is uh, not even, uh, you know, it's not even, they're not worth nothing anymore. They're, you know, they're, they're irrelevant right now. So, and the part that Stu Grayson's left, so the Dark Order is just, you know, Nothing order because it's crazy. Uh, so you know, it's it's just you know it's just I don't know the FTR against uh, the FTR and Trent Barreto versus the Aussie Open and Will Osprey. The main event of the evening was trio match, and the pre-match promo announced the should be history between Osprey and Barreto in Japan. But the segment also allowed FTR to get some good lines. The first few minutes were a series of different combinations of opponents working together. We might not even see any possible combo, but it felt like everyone got their hands on on all three of their opponents at some point during the match. One thing AEW does well is booking wrestlers to work together who can just go out there and put a fun match, even if there isn't some deep story behind while this match is taking place. It's still easy to watch because all six guys are the top of the game right now, and that is true, even including Beretta. While three of the four bouts we saw this week were good, it's probably safe to most people will pick this as a match of the night. It has some good technical wrestling, a few high spots, some classic double team. Having one of the guys from Aussie Open take the loss was predictable, but it was good to see Barita be the one to get the pin for his team. He's a great talent who is somewhat underused in AEW at the moment. It's a crowded roster, but he's been really great since he returned with a new haircut and added to first of all, why Aussie Open is getting pinned in AEW Dynamite. I mean, or Rampage. Aussie Open is the best tag team right now uh, across the, the ocean. Okay? They wrestle in UK. They wrestle in Rep Pro. One of the best tag team. I believe they're the Rep, Rep Pro tag team champions also. The British tag team champions. So why are they getting pinned? This is ridiculous. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. You know, it's just, I don't know. It, it's, this is some, some stuff that AEW does that just gets me pissed. And yeah, they're going to be like, well, then again, FTR can't afford to lose and whatnot because they're the Ring of Honor World Champion. They're the best tag team. I, be- I believe they're the best tag team right now in professional wrestling here in the United States. But that's just my opinion of this. So with that being said, um, you know, let's go on to news. The news. Yes, more news. So Roosh say he's in an eight. A per appearance deal in AEW. Andrade helped him make his debut. To Roosh, the former Ring of Honor World Champion, last year he got hurt. Um, He's been out wrestling since last August, and finally he made his uh, debut on Double or Nothing. In a previous interview, they asked me if I prefer to work in Mexico. This is what Roosh said, or AEW, and for me the answer was AEW. It's a lot of competition. We can make some outstanding matches. Me and Andrade have... Have the same thought because we want it all. There's a tag titles and TN. Uh, there's a tag titles TNT, the world title, and it doesn't matter because we want it all because Mexicans are born to be champions. We've done it before, and AEW won't be exception. Heck, if someone wants to join, well, even go for the trios title. 
I am happy and thankful to Tony Khan. We're still in negotiation as I am on per appearance deal. But I'm elated to be and to reunite with Andrade. La Faction Ingobernable is back. And what better place to return than on nearly the last time of the biggest pay-per-view or the biggest company in America. And that is true. La Faction Ingobernable, they can use Los Ingobernables from Mexico because that is owned by CMML. So they're going to come in as La Faction Ingobernable for the simple fact that Ring of Honor is owned by Tony Khan. So, Roosh could go either AEW or could go to uh, uh, Roosh, uh, not Roosh, or ROH whenever he wants to. So, you know, that's going to be cool. The situation with Hatman Page calls out Kosciusko Okada for AEW uh, for Benton Door. I already told you he made his return to action on Wednesday against David Finley. And after the match, Adam told the live audience that those watching at home that he doesn't believe he will be getting an AEW World Champion opportunity anytime soon. And therefore, with the Forbidden Door. Event right around the corner, he threw out the channel on Kachusko Okada for the crossover event on June 26th. Now, most likely that's going to happen and whatnot. The same thing with the uh, Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, Danielson made it clear that he would like to get it in the ring with, uh, you know, um, what's his name? Zack Sabre Jr. Would that be a, I think that probably steal the whole show in Forbidden Door. Let me tell you. Zack Sabre Jr. is a beast. So is Danielson. This is going to be something very, very interesting coming up. Um, so, you know, uh, let's talk about this. Tony Khan won't comment on the MJF promo. And this is a, like a little hint for me to bring in an article that my boy, the sexy scion, Eric, 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 Jaden. And Eric Jaden wrote mjf in trouble because and the reason he wrote that was because you know all these things that was coming in after the big pipe bomb that mjf did the other day um you know it left everybody scratching their heads like what's gonna happen next what is he gonna do so eric jerry wrote a article which he's been doing every week called wrestle talk not to be confused with the website wrestle talk you can find these his articles in instagram uh, and Facebook, you can also follow him as Follow the Bad Guy on Twitter. Uh, he writes very interesting article with either WWE or um, AEW. So he wrote, so we have additional news about the ongoing with the MJF AEW uh, drama. As we have reported here on WrestleTalk, MJF has been quite vocal about his displeasure with AEW. His owner, Tony Khan, last week, MJF took the microphone and unleashed a verbal attack on Tony Khan, the locker room, and how he feels, even dropping the F-bomb and daring Tony Khan to fire him. Now, many have speculated that this is all a storyline, while others believe it's a real-life situation and that MJF is really unhappy with the AEW. Whatever you choose to believe in this has gotten to attention of Warner Brothers Discovery and has reported by PW Insider... They have issues and etiquette in regards to the situation. And AEW has been told to remove MJF from all promotional work regarding AEW programming going forward. It is also reported that MJF may still appear in some advertising, but he's been removed from the intros in both AEW Dynamite and Rampage show. In addition, MJF has been removed from the AEW roster page and has not been seen in any taping or live house show since last week. In Eric's opinion, it appears that Warner Brothers Curry has gotten involved in an effort to distance themselves from MJF just in case this further develops and many out there are saying the promo MJF gave might have gone too far. Whether or not it did, this leave MJF fans on the fence as we have no idea what might happen with the career of MJF. Again, my opinion is that MJF will be just fine and whether he continues to work with AEW or leave somewhere else, MJF will land on his feet and be fine. We will keep you posted on this ongoing news. The question of the week comes from a Ray L. Avernine. And he has, I wanted to ask you if you knew what happened to Timothy Thatcher after he was let go from WWE. And Ray appears that former WWE superstar Timothy Thatcher is now working for Pro Wrestling Noah. So you get to ask questions to my man. Uh, if you want, you could also, if you have questions on him, you could go to uh, Evil. E-A-V-I-L-183 at yahoo.com and he will send the questions to that website. Again, that's E-A-V-I-L Evil 183 
at yahoo.com. So big ups to Eric Janey. I love his um his his articles. His articles are very interesting and you know, I read them because you know, it's interesting. MJF situation, yeah, I thought he would probably come out in the battle royal as the the Joker. Uh, but it looks like this situation with MJF is real as it gets. I don't even think it's a shoot. He went off last week and just cursed the crap out of Tony Khan, calling him a effing mark. Uh, where is this going? I mean, there's word that he might go to Hollywood because he never left L.A. He's still in L.A. after that whole situation. So this whole thing is getting very, very interesting. Interesting as times go by, and this it's crazy. So. So, uh, also, we talk about Swerve turning on Keith Lee. Um, where it is going, we don't know. We'll see what happens. But it is what it is. Jay White has some comments about the AEW and New Japan Forbidden Door. He said, I don't give a shit about the Dream Match stuff. He said, I don't give a shit about the Dream Match stuff. It's all about money, championship. And by the time I go to the United States, I will have the championship. Which, he was right. He ended up winning the damn belt this week. Uh, this morning so why should i care or why would i care after that everyone else should be fighting to have a dream match with me and bullet club and the undisputed elite will own the show just like we own the wrestling world again bullet club and the undisputed elite are working together now again kenny omega is the one outside looking in and right now when we don't know when he's going to come back in because when he left he left in charge the young bucks not Adam Cole. Adam Cole has brought in Jay White. Jay White who beat Omega a couple of years ago for the United States title and whatnot. And that's when the whole, when Cody Rose turned on Omega uh, and they had a Bullet Club um, Civil War going on. They left the Tongas looking in and turning on the whole damn elite in San Francisco. So, you know, it's crazy. Also, Jay White said Tama and Tonga Law, they wouldn't let that kind of thing happen. They were in an independent to the growth. They had to go. This is just a recipe for sex. Tamatanga like to talk about different eras in Bullet Club. Now that we have the good brothers back, Rock Hard Justin Rock Hard Juice Robinson, everything they bring to the table, you can say this is the get pay era for Bullet Club. Prestige. That's the X Division. When I was in Impact I could see the potential in him and he's talking about Ace Austin and the skies and limbs. So with him, Chris Bay and the good brothers running things in Impact, like I said, is a recipe for success. That's why I'm the catalyst of professional wrestling because I can make things happen across all these different companies and nobody can even imagine what I'm doing now. And I totally agree with him. You know what I'm saying? I totally agree with him because he's doing a lot of stuff that, you know, you wouldn't imagine. Uh, another person who came out of nowhere and pretty much talked about what's going on in wrestling is homicide he said we don't have enough magic feelings we have cheap pops he is correct he says a different era different time i want to say it sucks because back in the days my era it sucked but i do feel that there's not enough of that magic feeling what i'm talking about that magic feeling the perfect example is scott hall coming to the arena and he told w you want a war we can have a war he brought it brought kevin Nash. to me that's the magic feeling. Jake Roberts one day. He went to WCW and attacked Sting with a chair. I'm saying to myself, what the hell is Jake the Snake doing in WCW? He came in the ring. DDT Sting. I miss those magic feeling in wrestling. We don't have enough magic feeling. We have the cheap pops. Tony Storm, one of the greatest talent in the industry. She came out. Oh, yeah, it's Tony Storm. All right. That was it. We want the magic feeling where we could talk about this for a month, a year, or now. Wrestling right now. I'm not saying that I'm not a big fan, but it could be, be way better. It's too many wrestlers that's one too much some of them they don't know what they're doing they need good training and good people on this side they don't have good people on this side at all i'm always telling my guys you want to make money or you want to stay home or play playstation they say i want to make money listen to me then i'm very passionate about this i know what i'm doing and saying the new set of wrestling to me we need that magic feeling pro wrestling we don't have enough we need better people it's too many egos i tell people be confident i'm confident i'm a bad motherfucker I know I am because I'm confident. Everyone should be confident to the talent. But sometimes some people, they go over their heads. Realistic, I love being real. My idols is Terry Funk because he's so believable. My teacher's Manny Fernandez. He's believable. All the West Texas guys, Bruce Brody, those guys are believable. When I go out there, I want the fans. Everybody can say, this is fake. I, This is fake. Uh, I, I, wait, 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 I'm lost right here. The, I, um, let me do this again. Everybody can say this is fake. I, that word... But everyone said, this is fake. 
I want to go out there. I want the fans to be like, this is fake or this is real. This is real. The way he stabs him with the fork, that's real. The way he punched him, that's real. Everything he does is real, like the realistic stuff. When I clothesline you, you hear the smack. I don't want to hear leg slapping. I don't want to hear pop on your arm to the clothesline. I want the realistic stuff. Now, the circus where fans can say, this is fake. Watch what happens next. Told you I don't like that. I tell my crew, you got to lay them. Not be stiff. Stiff, you got to go home and take your family and get that paper. But you're going to be tough. You got, you're going to go out there and work and be believable. I'm five foot six. I took my character from Joe Pesci. I'm five six. But if I go to a bar, don't mess with the little guy right there. He will stab you in your eyeballs. I will do it. I'm stupid like that. And he laughed about it. Oh, sorry, I messed up that that little part. But yeah, this this uh, whole thing, I pretty much copy and paste it because this is very interesting what he's saying. Again, yesterday I was in Project Codename Exodus and I had a nice little conversation with Absolute Chris Cage. And this is exactly what we were talking about. A lot of these wrestlers today do not uh break first of all there is no kayfabe second of all the slapping of the legs and the slapping of the arm just to make a, a, a impact some of them show it and you can't really tell if they did the slap or not others they do it stiff but and, and homicide says it it just you know a lot of these guys some of them are not trained well i mean there's some matches i've seen where guys just do uh, you know botches and i'll be like okay i've seen this guy in another event and he did the same thing. So there's no, it's like they don't get better. You know, so Homicide's been in the business for so long. Former Ring of Honor world champion. Uh, so he knows what he's talking about. He mentioned the Terry Funk. Terry Funk was a great, great wrestler. Former NW world champion in the 70s. And when, when he was in ECW doing his crazy shit. Bruce Brody, of course, he was the badass. Uh, in my time, Manny Fernandez, many of you may not remember Manny Fernandez, him and Rick Rue won the NWA World Tag Team Champions in the 80s. Manny Fernandez was a badass. Him and Wahoo McDaniel had some crazy-ass uh, feud, which it was awesome. It was awesome. So, you know, those are little stuff that, you know, that you don't see a lot. So, um, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just crazy. So, um, but, uh, you know. We'll be right back with more um, to finish up. And we're back, guys, and we're going to talk a little bit of WWE news and what happened this past Monday. So one before anyway before the Monday Night Raw there was the big news going around all these dirt sheets and all these podcasts that talk about how uh, Cody Rhodes wrestled the Hell in the Cell against Seth Rollins and with a you know a pectoral muscle or ripped pectoral muscle whatever he had like a black and blue on his chest and how how um, courageous he was for getting in the ring with a injury and during the Hell in the Cell now. Big up to him because, you know, it takes a lot of balls for you to go into a hell in the cell knowing you have a pectoral, a pectoral uh, muscle injury, rip, or I think it was a rip injury, rip muscle, whatever it is, and you step in the ring and hell in the cell. He ended up being Seth Rollins. I mean, I don't know why WWE keeps putting these guys in three different, they've been they wrestled three times already. Once in WrestleMania, they wrestle again, I believe, in, uh, I think, I don't remember what the other pay-per-view or Monday Night Raw. And then they wrestle again. This is why I don't watch WWE. Because they show the same super matches over and over again. And then you got to ask yourself, how the hell? Now, my question I want to know is how the hell he torn his pectoral muscle. Uh, now he's going to be out probably nine months. This is a problem for WWE for the simple fact that WWE doesn't have a strong baby face in Raw. Or they don't have a strong baby face at all right now to challenge Roman Reigns. They either bring in somebody from the outside that used to be in WWE 20 years ago to fight Roman Reigns, and it's just a head-scratcher because you start asking yourself this question like, okay, you have this man holding both titles, okay? Both titles. You got him, you got him, you know, um, you know, uh, holding it. He's not defending it. So what's the point? What is the point? That's, that's, that's what I want to know. You know, uh, and, it, and it's crazy 
because it's like, you know, he's holding both belts hostage. You don't have a, uh, how can I say, you don't have a strong baby face. You got a strong, you do have a strong um, heel, but you don't have a strong baby face. And your strong baby face right now would have been Cody Rhodes. But because Cody Rhodes is injured now, now what? You know what I'm saying? So he's injured and now you don't have him. So it, it doesn't make no sense, you know, to me. Um, you know, it's just it, 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 it's just crazy because now you ask this question like, okay, who's going to be now the one who's going to step up and take the role of the baby, big, strong baby face? Because right now you don't have that. You don't have that. You don't have that at all. And WWE has the, this issue, and I keep saying it, that they, that they don't want to build stars. They don't. They don't want to build stars. And I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. You know? And it's like, you know, you need to build somebody. Because look what happened now. Look what's going on now. You know? Um, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's just it's ridiculous. And also, another thing that I did not get this week was the fact that now Judgment Day uh, has let go of uh, a Mr. Edge. Edge, who was the one who came up with that uh, group, is now kicked out of the group, which didn't make no sense to me. You know, I'm saying to myself, why is he getting kicked out again? So he got kicked out this week after... And made Finn Balor the leader. Does that make any sense? Now, is he is his uh, how do you say that? Is his uh, demons gonna come out now? You know, that's that's the question I got. You know, what I'm saying it's gonna be the demon Finn Balor, you know, uh, or it's gonna be the same bullshit that they've been doing for months. Um, I don't know. It's just a head scratcher because first of all, now the reports were coming in during the week that. There was a creative difference, and that is why they had Edge kicked out. Does that make any sense to me? No. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't make any sense to me because, you know, um, Finn Balor doesn't belong in that group. They don't know what to do with Finn Balor. That's the way I look at it. They don't. They have no idea what to do with him, so they'll throw him in a group and like, oh, you know, just, just put him here because there's nothing else for him to do, you know. So it's just it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous that they actually don't know they don't know what to do with him. They don't. And now they put him in this group and it's like, okay, he's in a group now. You know, it's just it's it's, it's ridiculous. I, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know. It's just this is why I don't watch WWE because it's a head scratcher. It's a head scratcher. And, you know, when you finish, you say to yourself, "My goodness, this uh you know, this is this is retarded. Like, oh my God! Like, I just lost three hours of my life. You know, and that's the way you feel. You lose three. It's like losing three hours of your life. You know, so it's like you know, I don't know. It's just just ridiculous to me that they, WWE don't have no clue. They whoever's writing these stories, uh, I'm telling you, it just it's ridiculous the way I look at it. So you know, it is what it is. So that's my little view on WWE and then there was word also which I found it real stupid on Tuesday they said they're going to try to bring in W. Morrissey as Edge's little brother I, I read that and I had to laugh because I mean though Morrissey looks like a younger version of Edge but bigger but now you're going to try to insult your fan base and say oh Edge's little brother is coming in to fight against uh, you know Judgment Day yeah okay that, that, that's funny so um, last night, I was at the Project Codename Exodus in Union, New Jersey, and I had a ball in there. I met, I bumped into so many people there, TJ Marconi, Absolute Chris Case, Superstar Whiplash, uh, Dominic De Niro, Chris Barton, and the list goes on, on and on. I, uh, Big Cuso was there. Um, so, Project Codename, the Exodus results last night, and I'm going to give you some of the results if you guys didn't make it. Gold Shadow defeated Prince Ahmed. Big Kuzo defeated Nino Cruz and Dash Indeed. Thousand in a three-way fight. Big Kuzo looks so big. This guy has gotten huge. Uh, last time I saw him was at the Bronze Wrestling Federation. CMD defeated Tab Tabu Crew. 
the postman Steve Scott challenged CMD to a mid-match in August. Dominic De Niro defeated De- Devontae. Devontae and De Niro went at it all out. I'm talking about Devontae went and ended up attacking Dominic De Niro as he made his entrance. Uh, and But that match was one of my favorite matches of the night. Uh, Astro Morales defeated Burak. Uh, and uh, Astro Morales, I haven't seen him in like in two years. Um, he looked great, but then he got attached by Big Coso with a chair and outside and hit to the ring post. First class defeated the rep uh, during the match. Astro Morales got payback against Big Coso and brought to the locker room. Uh, you know, first class, uh, Johnny Santos and Sebastian Cage. They're, that's the, the group. The rep, I seen them in House of Glory uh, before, so I'm very familiar with them. Uh, but not a not a crazy fan about them, so... The match that I came to see, and the and this was the match that I wanted to see. It was Sotan, that, that tag team, Sotan. Both wrestlers going at it one-on-one for the first time ever. This was called the first time a brother versus brother fight. And this match lived to the hype. And uh, Chris Case defeated Superstar Whiplash and whatnot. Even though you saw TJ Marconi come out. And I thought he was going to interfere in the match, but he didn't. He didn't do anything after the match. Uh, Chris Casey, if he's stupid, so he tried to give him, uh, shake his hand. But with Flash just walked away. The main event scramble, which included Anthony Gargon, uh, Anthony Gargon Nikolai White, Chris Barton, Dr. Redacted, Mantis with Julius Smoke, and TJ Marconi. This was a good match. They grabbed Marconi, all the wrestlers, like all five of them, and put them through a table. But that was not enough. Even they even covered him with other tables and all kinds of stuff. That wasn't even enough to stop him from getting up from that pile and start beating everybody. And during the during the match, life-changing, Joe Ocasio jumped and took Barton out of the contest. And then while TJ seemed to have the victory in hand, uh, General Manager Miguel Sosa comes out running into the ring to inform him that Dan Math was in the locker room and had taken out Chris Case, leading to TJ leaving the match. Uh, after the match, uh, Anthony Gargone won that, but after the post-match, Gold Shadow, Nikolai White, and Julius Smoke and Mantos attack Anthony Gargone, forming the Vulture Squad. So, this, this was a good, good event. It was, I, I mean, it was great. I mean, I got to meet a lot of people that I know that I've seen them in the, uh, in the internet and, the, you know, in social media. BMF Goddess uh, was at hand, and me and her, you know, we got talking and we'll, we'll probably do something collaboration down the line of course i saw my boy dominic De Niro, chris barton tj marconi chris cage you know uh and i want to thank project codename wrestling because you know they're just uh today that i got hit that uh i am now part of the family which i, I appreciate and definitely i won't be able to make it to the august 6th show because i won't be in new york but the next one i definitely will show up there it's a it's a very nice uh you know, feeling family-wise, so it was cool. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed the whole show. So big ups to Codename, uh, Project Codename Wrestling, and hopefully we could work together down the line. So that is it for me, guys, uh, for the show. Um, thanks very much for everybody who supported. I didn't do a YouTube video this week because there was a lot of things going on. Like I just finished telling you, I went to this event, so it was going to be a lot for me, and I didn't want to get overwhelmed. So um, but thanks to all my supporters. Uh, you can hear the podcast this week now through audio, through Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and any major audio platform that you guys like to listen to your favorite shows. Again, you can go to my YouTube videos on my YouTube channel, the same name, and go and um, you know uh, subscribe to my channel, uh, the YouTube videos, all that. You get to see all the stuff I've done the last couple of weeks. Uh, also, my audio podcast, you guys could check all my stuff. You can find it on Apple and uh, any any platform, and you get to see all my archives, all my stuff there, and you get to check it out. Also, guys, if you want to purchase my merchandise, go to my store, tcwr.veryinkpressive.com. That's tcwr.veryinkpressive.com. Shout out to Jay Santi and the uh, Turnbuckle Tabloid. I'm sorry that... You couldn't make it last night. I would have loved to hang out with you last night. But, you know, it's always something inconvenience when it comes to New York City and their transit and all that stuff. But, you know what, we will hook up again. Most likely I'll see you at House of Glory on the 25th. 
Um, so definitely, uh, we got to hook up again. Um, so big ups to that's my brother right there. I love him to death and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? And much love to the whole project, Code Name Wrestling, for uh, for allowing me to sponsor one of their matches, the main event, uh, and being you know making me and my sister feel like part of the family. And I appreciate it. We'll definitely hook up. Until then, guys, be great. Be, uh, be great, of course. Be safe and God bless. And we'll see each other next Sunday.